I'm Crystal Keating, and this is the Johnny and Friends Ministry Podcast. Each week, we're bringing you real conversation about disability and finding hope through hardship and sharing practical ways that you can include people impacted by disability in your church and community. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our encouraging conversations. You can also find all the resources that we've mentioned on the show at johnnyandfriends.org podcast. As we continue in this time of isolation and social distancing, those who serve in caregiving roles may be feeling an extra weight of responsibility as they suddenly find themselves as primary caregiver and protector for their family, safeguarding their loved ones from COVID-19. Today, I'm joined by Sib Charles, who for the first time in 28 years of marriage, has been thrust into the role of primary caregiver for her husband, Jesse. Listen as she candidly shares some of the struggles and lessons that she's learned over the past two months in her role as quarantined caregiver. Sib, it's great to speak with you again on the podcast today, and you joined us last year to talk about how disability impacts everyone in the family, as well as the value of buddy ministry, and today you're here to share your own story as a caregiver to your husband, especially Mm -hmm. during this time of sheltering at home. Oh my goodness. Sib, tell us about your husband. How long have you two been married, and can you share a little bit about his disability? Sure, absolutely. Well, I'm talking to you from um, our home, which is actually, we built a home on my husband's family farm. And um, it is on this farm that I'm overlooking right now where my husband had his accident 36 years ago. Mm. Um, He fell out of a tree. He was an EMT and also a college student. He was 20 and he came off an all-night shift as an EMT and thought he should take this limb out of a tree before he went to his college course that morning. And um, as he was doing that, he was shaking the limb loose and lost his footing and fell 12 feet and um, broke his neck as a result of that accident. So he's um, a C5-6 complete quad and has been for Actually, I'm wrong. It was 37 years ago. Mm. And um, next week, we'll be married 28 years. So I met him Mm post-injury. So I can't believe it's going to be 28 years. Wow. When I said that out loud, I'm like, wow, we're getting old. Um, (laughs) Congratulations um, on 28 years. Thank you. Thank you. But you know, my husband is amazing in that he has always worked full-time. Right after his accident, he um, was at home living with his parents at that time being a college student. And a year after his accident, um, his family moved a hospital bed and everything to uh, Messiah College. And he graduated from Messiah College and um, began working and has worked full time ever since. Um, A few layoffs Mm. here and there, but he's always worked full time. So I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit about how his um, injury affected his ability to move. When when I think of Johnny's paralysis, I think of the shoulders down. Right. Right. That's basically Jesse. Jesse is very similar to Johnny. Johnny is more of a C5. Jesse has, Johnny has what we call floppy wrists. So my husband can lift up his wrists, which makes a huge difference. He has no finger movement, but just that one upward moment of the wrist, he can't, doesn't have extenders, but he can lift. So we can put a shaver in his hand 
Um, I put a shaver in his hand and then with the little bit of shoulder movement he has, he can shave himself. So Mm -hmm. his injury is very similar to Johnny's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just has a tad bit more movement than her, the wrist. That's it. But his is shoulder down as well. Well, and we know how much the support of Ken means to Johnny and how much Jesse's reliance upon you means so much because of his paralysis. So, you know, I wanted to start this conversation by really talking about the caregiving routine on a typical pre-COVID-19 kind of day. What does it look like for you two? So on a, before COVID, what it looked like is we had um, attendant care that would come in in the morning and the evening. Um, in the morning, they arrive about 6.15 to help get Jesse up. I help with transfers, but after a transfer, they would shower him, dress him. Um, we transfer him back in bed, get him up and going for the day. Takes about an hour. There's three mornings a week, which um, very candid here. That there's bowel program mornings, and those start mm-hmm. at five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Three mornings a week, but somebody would come at five and do all that for us. Get him out the door. He'd go to work, and then in the evening, I would assist him. Of course, uh, you know when he gets home from work with some of his personal care. But then about nine o'clock, another caregiver would show up and transfer him into bed and do all of his nighttime routine for mm. him. And so those were my times Um, at nine o'clock was my time because the caregiver was here to assist the attendant to assist Jesse into bed. So Mm -hmm. I could go either read, I could watch a Netflix binge I might be on at the time. Um, (laughs) And in the morning I could get up and have my coffee and my quiet time and get myself ready for work. But that Mm -hmm. was all pre-COVID. Well, what has changed regarding caregiving during this time of sheltering in place? Sounds like a lot. A lot has happened. Um, my husband's caregivers, of course, none of them were full-time. So most of them had jobs outside of helping Jesse. So mm-hmm. two of the women that came in worked in nursing homes. And another one is a nurse and she works in our local hospital. So once COVID hit, there was no way we could have them come into our home. Right. We couldn't risk because like Johnny... My husband also has very limited diaphragm ability, so breathing can be a real issue. So we couldn't have foot traffic through the home anymore. Um, One of the other attendants works outside of of their home as well. So we just, we felt at that point to protect Jesse from the disease, we needed to let our caregivers go at that point, and I needed to do all of his care. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's been a journey, but you know... um, There was lots of fear. There was lots of uncertainty. But the moment we made that decision to do that, my husband and I both felt this amazing peace come Mm. over us. Like this was the right decision we needed to make for this season. So, Mm. Well, praise God for that. So, Sib, you work full time from home. I do. And you're providing all of the care for your husband. Does Jess, is Jess also working from home now? Well, Has he, continued he, was, to work? he was working from home. We The whole dining room is set up with three monitors and helping him. But unfortunately, three weeks ago, he got furloughed from his job. No, so, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So at this point, he's furloughed. But good news is we got um, a call last week that they think he'll probably be able to go back mid-June. So for right. his job, but he will still be working from home as well. Okay. So. 
Yeah. Well, how are you balancing all of the demands of caregiving and working mm-hmm. full time? And, you know, even as you anticipate your husband going back to work at home. Right. How are you doing all of this? You know, I wish I could say it was easy. It's not. It's been really, it's probably what I say to many friends and family. It's the hardest journey that I've ever been on. Um, it's been a really difficult journey. And I remember one night and I wrote this in a blog. Uh, it was a, it was actually a Saturday night and, um, just have gotten Jesse settled in bed and I'm walking around the house cleaning up and I went and turned the lock on the door. And when I heard the click of that lock, I lost it because all of a sudden I realized with that click that I was the protector right now of our home. And I was the one keeping this virus out of our home. And it became overwhelming for me. And I had a full blown meltdown on the kitchen floor. And of course my husband's great. I went in and I chatted with him about that and um, realized that at that point, I didn't want to be the protector of the home anymore. I didn't want to be the sole caregiver anymore. But I was. And so at that moment, I just said, Lord, I need to know you're my protector. Mm-hmm. And he came, it came through so loud and clear that he was my protector. And, you know, here's a very cool thing that happened. The next night, I heard my husband go and turn the lock because I read what I wrote to him. And, and he, he has the ability, he can put that little lock between him. And it was like another way of him saying, I'm here to help you as well. So, It's those little things that keep us going right now. But I will also say we have an incredible community around us. Someone from my church called. We have a disability ministry at our church. They let people know. So we have one person that every Thursday night, a meal appears on our front porch because we're still quarantined. So they bring us a meal, which is huge. Just set it out there. I know every Thursday night that's going to be there. Someone else owns a produce company. Every Wednesday on our front porch, produce arrives. So I've watched God's faithfulness in the midst of this. I have three or four friends that say, and Brian Funk, my coworker, hey, I'm going to Costco. What do you need? And they keep a running tab and they do our grocery shopping. So those are ways that I have seen God work in incredible ways, which is really hard because those are all things I did for myself before. And now I have to rely on other people, which is really hard to do. Oh, yeah. I've heard from others who are used to being, you know, fairly independent, even as they're caregiving. And when they make that transition to invite even more help for them, it's an adjustment. It's a huge adjustment. It's a huge adjustment. I'm pretty independent. So, um, it, it was a, it's a huge adjustment to do that, to rely on other people, to do my grocery shopping. Oh my goodness, I love doing grocery <laughs> shopping, but but for this season, I have to. Yeah. So, but the other fun thing is, is last week I did go, I turned 60. It's the first time I'm thankful I'm 60 because I could go to Whole Foods before it <laughs> opens, okay? So, you know, I did go out grocery shopping last week for the first time in a month. So. Well, happy birthday, Sib. And I'm glad you got first dibs there. So, yeah. That's so funny. (laughs) Well, so we've heard from other couples about the impact of caregiving on the marriage relationship, and you're you're Mm -hmm. kind of talking about that, but with less outside help, Mm -hmm. there is, it seems to be additional strain. Where are you feeling the most stress or tension? You know, what I feel is I'm tired, (laughs) you know, um, physically tired, and that's Mm -hmm. trying to figure out ways to 
to make sure that I'm getting my rest and that I'm, I'm caring for myself in the midst of it. And that's been hard to figure that out in the midst of this. And this is going to sound like a pat answer, but I can only say I somehow have been given supernatural strength right now. That does um, not sound like a pat answer because God know, it, promises grace. And, and that is exactly what he's done, Crystal. He has given me supernatural strength right now because my office is upstairs and Jesse's downstairs. And I thought, I'm going to count how many times I run up and down these steps each day. And it was 11 that one day. <laughs> so it's, I really believe I'm giving supernatural strength through this time. And I know it's just for a season. And so that keeps me going. And the other thing is, it's also... There's actually been one thing that I've enjoyed through all of this. Our whole married life for 28 years, we have always had people coming in and out of our doors morning and night. And every now and then I think I kind of like being almost typical in the fact that nobody's coming in our door tonight. Right. You know? and so that was just a sweet little reminder. So mm-hmm. I paused just for a moment and relished in that mm-hmm. moment. So... So I look for those little moments that I see something positive coming out of it. Well, that is even a work of the Spirit to help be thankful in times of difficulty, for sure. And, you know, that's another aspect of having caregivers in and out of the home, especially with a married couple, is privacy looks a lot different. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you just kind of... We have been so fortunate in that many of my husband's caregivers have been with us 20 plus years. We're really, really, which is unheard of. Kind of part of the family. They absolutely have become part of the family, Mm. you know? And so I'm not embarrassed if I don't look good or if the house doesn't look good. They truly (laughs) have become part of the family. So in the midst of this, that was also a loss for us because they did become part of the family. Mm. So we're also missing part of our family during this time. So Mm. we stay in touch with them. Um, I text them a lot, how you doing, checking in with them, and they check in with us. And so that was something I didn't think of, that I would miss them, not just for the physical support, but their being as well. So Mm -hmm. I miss them. And then there was also the sweet moments of, wow, nobody's coming into our house. So it's kind of seeing both sides of it. Right, right. Well, and these times give us um, a taste of something that we would probably not otherwise ever have. Exactly. you know, with caregiving, we, we can focus on how you, Sib, are caring for Jesse. What are some Mm -hmm. of the ways Jesse shows that he is caring for you? There's many little ways. I will say that click of the lock that he now locks that door at night, that's huge for me because he saw how important that was. So that was really huge for me. He will not, like, he won't ask me for something because he doesn't want me to have to get up. If I just sat down, you know, it's like she just sat down I can wait for that cup of water. So he's he's very trying to be very attentive in those ways as well. Of course, just encouraging me continually, which is wonderful. Supporting me. The other thing he does is he supports me in that he knows that there's times where I really do need that time alone. And he honors that because most people would think of me as an extrovert when they meet me, but I'm an extrovert introvert and I really need that time alone. So he really tries to honor that. I'll just go read so that I can have some time alone. Like even if it's just a half hour, which is just really, I'm so appreciative for that. 
it gives me, it re-energizes me. It gives me time just to be me. Um, and in the morning, he doesn't get up as early as he used to for my sake, which is huge. And he doesn't need to. So I still get up when I always did because I needed to keep that routine deck because mm-hmm. I have my coffee, then I have my quiet time, and then I go and start the process so that I mm. still have that time for me in the morning before I get him up. And and he's okay with that, which I'm so grateful for. Well, it's a beautiful thing to have a husband who's very sensitive to your needs yeah. and attentive. Absolutely. And caring for you. Absolutely. Well, I'm yeah. curious to know Jesse's perspective during this time of quarantine. How's he been feeling knowing you bear much of the responsibility right now? And, and actually, I'm curious to know, has he been, I mean, you can't talk for him, but does he feel particularly vulnerable at risk? Is he, you know, fighting anxiety? You know, my husband is what I will call my rock. When my husband's injury happened, people all over the world prayed for him for his physical healing. And um, he believes that a miracle happened when his accident happened. And it wasn't physical healing, but it was a full acceptance of his injury. Mm. And he truly believes it was a miracle when he was in rehab for his injury, they wanted to send a psychologist in because they thought he was living in denial. And that is honestly how Jesse has lived his whole life. I'll say, do you have any regrets? And he'll say, I honestly don't. The Lord has just given me a peace in the midst of this journey I'm in. And that is how he's handling this quarantine. You know, like we've been blessed with a beautiful home. We have beautiful view. And he doesn't like that I have to do all of his care. That makes him sad. Mm -hmm. That does make him sad. But as far as his anxiety over it, he just says, you know what? The Lord's going to protect us. And he honestly means it. So he's my rock. When I have my meltdowns, he's my rock in that he totally believes that everything is for a purpose. Mm. And so this is for a purpose and this is for a season. He doesn't like it. He wishes it wasn't happening, Mm -hmm. but he's really at peace in the midst of it. Well, and that comes from that deep trust in what God has done in the past, he's going to continue to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, thank good. I mean, it's really hard for him too, because now that he's furloughed and there's no sports, that might bring about some anxiety (laughs) if it doesn't change. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, how are you guys having fun? How do you, how does he occupy himself during this time? You know, he, he does a lot of reading. He's watching um, some strange movies that during the day when I'm working now and he's not, I said, you watch all your weird things during the day. <laughs> <laughs> he loves documentaries. He's oh, watching, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's a natural, like he loves nature shows. He likes even some really bizarre things that I like man stuff. I don't know where they have guns. <laughs> I'm not into that. So um, he does that. Um, we really enjoy, I do, I do all the cooking, obviously, but he's helping me plan meals. So we do that together. He loves nature. So we live, like I said, on a farm. And so he watches birds. He does a lot of birding and things like that from inside. We stopped watching the news so much, yeah. you know, we kind of were addicted to it and realized that was bringing me down. Mm-hmm. Um, So we watch some funny shows now to keep us going. Um, Sunday mornings, we see, okay, what church service show we watch today? (laughs) So we watch all different ones. And so we're doing things like that just for fun. So that's good. 
Well, and that aspect has to really revive you guys emotionally and spiritually. Yeah. Are there other things that you're doing together as a couple to remain spiritually strong? I mean, just reading together, praying together. And one of the things that I so appreciate and I encourage all couples to do is to be 100% honest with each other. Mm. So when I am really struggling and saying, Jesse, I don't know if I can do that. I want, I want you guys to hear out there that I struggle with this. Mm. I struggle greatly and I have meltdowns and I fall apart. Mm. And in the midst of that, I need to say to my husband, right now I'm really, I'm really angry that I have to do all this. Mm-hmm. I wish I didn't have to. Mm. But he allows me to have those feelings, which makes us closer because he allows me to have those feelings and he allows me to express those to him. Because if I held all of that inside, I would begin to resent him, which that is certainly not Christ-like. So being 100% honest from both aspects with your thoughts and your feelings and what you're journeying through is Mm. so vital. Well, and it he's given forward. Yeah, it does make you move forward and it builds intimacy <laughs> if he's able to receive Absolutely. those things. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. once you get it out, there is a sense of like, wow, he he heard me mm-hmm. and we're going to yeah. be okay. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've learned is that words only hold power over you until they're spoken. So if you keep something mm. inside, that holds power over you, but once they're spoken out loud, they don't hold power over you anymore. Amen. Um, and so we're real honest with each other in our thoughts and feelings. And um, that's how you survive. I really believe that very strongly, if, you know. And, and I think I loved it because our Lord was honest with his thoughts yeah. and feelings. Yeah. So why shouldn't we be? Yep. You know? That's right. That's Definitely. good. Yeah. Well, Sib, I love talking to you, man. This is so great. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I just have one last question. During this time of quarantine and social isolation, can you share Mm -hmm. just a few of the important lessons you've been learning that you want to encourage others with? Oh my goodness. The Lord is teaching me so much. I feel like this is a chance for a reset on so many levels. It's a reset for me in my walk with Christ. It's a reset for me. I'm one of those folks that need to have my whole household in order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, nothing's ever out of place. And you know what? I've learned that doesn't matter right now. Mm-hmm. What really matters is being at peace with my husband, with myself, and most important, with my God. And that asking for help, it's a spiritual lesson. It's a spiritual discipline, and that's been the hardest thing for me to learn, Crystal, because I am one that I'm out there training, and I'm teaching people how to reach out and how to minister to families affected by disability. And I'm saying, reach out, ask them what they need. And when people did that to me, I would say, oh, I'm okay. Right. I don't do that anymore. I say, you know what? I realize it's a spiritual discipline to receive. It's easy to give, but not to receive. Mm. And so I will say that's probably been the hardest lesson for me to learn is that people want to bless Jesse and I. And by not allowing them to do that, I'm robbing them of a ministry they might be being called to. Well, and that creates a community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Community is so wonderful. This time has also given me the chance to just take a pause, take a pause, to pause and say, what's really important in life? What really matters in life? 
it's, it's helped both my husband and I to kind of take an inventory. Is there ways that we can simplify our lives? And we have simplified through this. We haven't had a choice and we've enjoyed doing that together. That's so good. Well, Sib, thank you so much for sharing your heart, sharing so honestly about your marriage and about your home. And we just pray God's blessing and protection over you and Jesse in the weeks to come. Thank you. Thank you so much to everybody out there. Stay strong. Keep hanging on to Christ because we're going to get through this, but only with Him. You know, it's the only way we're going to survive this. This is my prayer for everybody that we all come out better people kinder people, and more like Christ. What an encouragement from Sib. Are you serving in a new caregiving role during this time of quarantine? Have you been encouraged in the midst of these new challenges? Please drop me a message at podcast at johnnyandfriends.org. I would love to hear from you. And if you'd like to read Sib's blog post, Click of the Lock, that she mentioned in our conversation, visit johnnyandfriends.org slash podcast. I'm Crystal Keating, and thank you for listening to the Johnny and Friends Ministry Podcast.